Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If he is that for you this morning, would you magnify him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I need thee. Oh, how I need thee. How I need thee. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I am so grateful for the goodness of God. I was reading this morning and a gentleman that has went on is no longer with us. Many will remember Brother Drake, Brother Bill Drake. I would hear him echo many times as a child. Brother Drake would often say, God is great and greatly to be praised. And I'm thankful today for how good God he is, not only to us as individuals, but to us as a church. We're a blessed church. We are a blessed church. I say this often, but I mean it. Some of the best people in the world are in this building right here today, and I'm thankful to be a part. This morning... We're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And I'm also going to take my opening text from the there and we'll read from the book of 1 Timothy. Matthew chapter 24 and 1 Timothy 4. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we love you. We're thankful for the spirit that we have felt in this house today. Thankful for the opportunity to come into this sanctuary and to lift and magnify the name of Jesus. I ask for the next few moments, Lord, that you would touch our hearts, touch our minds. Help us to receive what thus saith the Lord. I'm asking you for the next few moments, Lord, to anoint these lips of clay. I'm asking that the Spirit of God would go forth and that we would exalt the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. God bless you. My reading this morning is a little bit lengthy, so you may be seated. Matthew 24 and 4. And the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Aren't you glad you're living for the Lord after reading that verse? 
And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end. Say that with me. Endure unto the end. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. If you would move down to the verse 24 in the same chapter. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And if you will go with me to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. And it'll be on the screen for us this morning. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. For the next few moments, and I'm going to be mindful of your time this morning, I just want to preach to us from this topic what will I be in the end? What will I be in the end? Now reading these scriptures this morning, if we're not careful, we can take all these warnings to be a, a reason, a justification, and a validation for living very guarded and very fearful and self-preserving lives. We could misread these instructions and take them to mean that we should be living on the defense, that we should perhaps be hiding in a bunker somewhere just hoping somehow we can just hold on till Jesus comes, that we find ourselves saying prayers like, oh Lord, just, just help me hold on and if I can just make it and hear the, the gate click behind me. I'll tell you today that's exactly what the devil wants us to believe. And that's why we have to take all the scriptures and rightly divide them. The Bible does not say one word about just hanging on and hanging in there and hoping we make it till the rapture comes. Yes, the Bible teaches us very clearly that the world and its spirit and the system of this world is the Antichrist. It despises and hates God, but that is no indignation that the church is supposed to sulk around, walk on eggshells, and just hope that we don't offend somebody. The reality is, is that Jesus told us these things and, and Paul told us these things to prepare. It was to prepare for this hour, not to escape this hour, but to be prepared for what happens. Yes, I believe Jesus is coming back. Yes, I want him to come back. But I believe that if we're not careful as, as the ministry, the ministry will fail the church by preparing us for an exit only. Now we need to be prepared to make heaven our home because we are going to exit. But the ministry must prepare the church for battle because that's what we're in. We're in a battle. And we've got to preach and teach as such as that we're fighting in a war because make no mistake about it, this is a war. The early church lived in the hope of the imminent return of Jesus Christ, but they also believed that it was their job to evangelize 
the world and that Jesus would not return until they had finished the job. And that created in them a passion and a desire and a drive to preach and teach and cast out devils and to heal the lepers and to raise the dead. And the point is this, they were not holding out praying for Jesus to come just to pull them up out of this evil world, but they were convinced that they were to penetrate their culture with a message of the gospel and bring the kingdom of God in direct confrontation with the kingdom of, of darkness. The early church embraced their mission and their commission. Mark 16 and 15 says this, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all names, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Luke 19 and 13, Jesus told a parable of ten servants and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. That word occupy there means to trade or, or to work or to deal with. So my point is this this morning. We're not left here just to sit idle but we're here to occupy. We're here to work. We're here to work in the name of Jesus. The early church knew that they were living in enemy territory but they believed that they were equipped with superior weapons. They believed that the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Ghost was stronger than any foe that they may come against. So they went out with zeal and purpose to cover the earth with the gospel. They were not looking for a soft, comfortable pew to sit on and hold on tight to and hang out till Jesus comes. But they were pushing back the forces of darkness. They were preaching and prophesying and they were healing the sick and casting out devils and they were lifting up the name of Jesus everywhere they went. Pastor spoke of that this morning in, in our first service about being a representator of Jesus Christ. It matters. It matters how we walk. We just sang the song, I don't walk like I used to walk and I don't talk like I used to talk. It, it matters how we conduct ourselves. I'm not promoting today that we be something that we're not, but I'm saying it does matter if we're a born again child of God, baptized in the name, filled with the Holy Ghost. It matters how we conduct ourselves and how we carry ourselves in and out our day-to-day -day lives. They actually believed this early church like John said in 1 John 4 and 4, Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They actually believed in 1 John 5 and 4 that whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. They believed that Jesus left them here on earth to carry out a mission and that he would not return until this mission was completed. And I've stepped behind this desk this morning with a word from the Lord to remind us that now more than ever we can't fall into the trap of the devil. And above all else, it is imperative that we don't lose our mission of reaching the lost. We're here today to worship and to magnify the Lord. I understand that. But our purpose in this life is to reach the lost. There are some that have lost sight of the mission and when they lose sight of the mission they forfeit the power to carry the mission out and they have simply become church attenders 
waiting for Jesus to come without a plan, no way to conduct business. But I submit to you this morning that we have a plan. We have the greatest plan that has ever been presented to this world, and that's the plan of salvation. And we have the authority of God given us with the Holy Ghost to go out and spread this good news. Can I tell you this morning that as a church, and let me speak specifically to Hatchbin Apostolic Church, we must bind together and fight the spirit of complacency that is trying to creep into our midst. I'm not being harsh this morning, but if you haven't recognized it, you have been not paying attention. There is a spirit of complacency that is trying to insinuate itself into the church. And you and I have to join together. We have to lock arm in arm. We have to join together in prayer. And we have to fight against that spirit that is trying to to embellish us today. Don't be fooled this morning. Uh, again, I'm not trying to be harsh, but the devil is, is trying to convince us that it's just all right to get by. I, I, I understand completely about this virus, this pandemic that we are in and have been in. But I'll tell you one of the tools that the devil has used. And, and let me preface this first by saying I understand that there are situations where people can't be in the house of the Lord. My family's dealing with one right now. So that is not what I'm talking about. There are people that's immune system can't be compromised. They can't be in church. And I understand that. And I am also very thankful while we were not able to be in church that we had a means, a way to stay in touch and through media and through other things. But I'll tell you that the devil has used that as a tool to convince people, I really don't need church. I can stay at home, sit in my recliner, flip up my computer screen, plug into some church somewhere across this country. And again, I'm not preaching against that, but I'm telling you now more than ever as saints of God, we need to come into this house fill this house with praise and lift our hands to the Lord and thank Him for the opportunity to be a part of a living church. It's not all right. It's not all right just to come to church. That's not enough. The devil will tell you that we don't have to be engaged. We don't need to participate in the worship. I don't, I don't have to be plugged into the preaching. And I'll tell you that's a lie from the pits of hell. It's important that we be engaged, not only for the whole group, but individually. And we better rise up and knock the spirit off of our shoulder when it begins to whisper in our ear. We better get off the sideline and get right in the middle of this thing and stay on fire for God. The Bible picture of a New Testament Christian is of a soldier fully equipped in full armor, consumed by the fire of God, walking, talking, and living in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not suggesting today that we walk down the streets of our cities praying with our head lifted up and our nose in the air thinking that we're better than everybody else. But we do have the authority of God to walk in the Holy Ghost and be sensitive to the Spirit of God. But what the devil is trying to replace with it is a lazy, lukewarm, self-serving, self-preserving, complacent, comfort-seeking saint that doesn't even resemble a New Testament believer 
whose only ambition is to become comfortable till Jesus comes. We can't allow ourselves to fall into that place. We can't allow ourselves to find ourselves in a position where we're just living out a routine day in, day in, out. Living for God is not a routine, ladies and gentlemen. It's brand new every day. And if it's not brand new for you every day, let me strongly suggest you find yourself in your, your prayer closet or your prayer chair and you don't rise up until you get that fresh touch, until you get that fresh anointing and this becomes new again. I believe we are moving, we are in some very perilous, treacherous times. But I also believe and know that something good is going to come out of this. I believe that there is a strong shaking that has taken place and it's going to get stronger before it's done and it's going to shake off the dead branches. And I I say that respectfully this morning, but you see, the Lord's will will be done. The Lord's work will be done. And if we don't pick up the cross, if we don't take on the job, He's going to shake the dead branches off and He's going to move on and find somebody who will do his work. It's going to wake up some cold and slumbering saints and we're going to embrace our mission again to win this world for Jesus Christ. And don't be intimidated when I say the world, the word world. God wants you to win your world, wherever that may be, on the job, in your family. And the result of that will be a fresh baptism of Holy Ghost fire and power. If we're ever going to be successful in doing this, then we've got to keep ourselves. If you don't hear nothing I say today, hear this. If we're ever going to be successful in reaching the lost, we've got to keep ourselves full of the Holy Ghost. I respectfully ask us this morning, not in a criticizing manner, But I'm asking this question for you to ask yourself in a manner that would cause you to examine yourself. How long has it been since we spoke in tongues and just got lost in the Holy Ghost? How long has it been since you felt a burden for the lost that brought tears to your eyes? How how long has it been since that burden has been so strong in the middle of the night that you couldn't sleep and you tossed and turned and, and you tried to shun it off but the Lord wouldn't leave you alone and you had to get out of bed and find a self, find yourself a spot to pray and you watched the sun come up as you weeped before the Lord. How, how long has it been? And how long has it been since we have prayed, Lord, use me. Send me. I'm all, I, we need to pray for our pastor. We need to pray for our ministry team. But in, in my opinion, this whole church is a ministry team. Send me, Lord. I'm here. I'm able. I'm ready to do something for you. We cannot keep pretending and act like an ostrich with our head in the sand. Make no mistake about it. We're at war. There are demonic spirits and I know there are some that will write me off this morning as a little fanatical and perhaps a little crazy. But I'm telling you, there are demonic spirits loose in the nation, loose in our cities, loose in this community that we have never had to deal with before and they're more powerful than they've ever been before. We cannot fight new level devils with an old level anointing. We can't do it. We've got to have a fresh anointing, fresh oil. 
more power than we've ever had. We keep that fresh oil by staying engaged in the church, by staying in the middle of the fire. We can't play church on Sunday and expect to win the loss on Monday. It ain't going to work like that. We've got to now more than ever, hear me, more than ever, we've got to fall in love with apostolic preaching. Preaching that condemns sin and justifies righteousness. This message was designed to be presented in love, but yet this message was designed to be presented in the truth. And not patty cake around what's right and what's wrong, but be clear and decisive about what thus saith the Lord. We've got to preach it till we can't preach it no more. Repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name. Infilling of the Holy Ghost by speaking in another tongue. Holiness. Sanctification. Consecration. Prayer and fasting until we can't preach no more. We've got to preach the gospel. Now, I know, I know these last few minutes of preaching have been sort of doom and gloom. But let me preach to you something that we ought to get excited about. Acts 2 and 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaiden, I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's the long and the short of it, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the devil causing more chaos than he's ever caused before and the church bringing down the kingdom of God at the same time. We've got hellfire and we've got holy fire raging at the same time. We've got the love of many waxing cold and we've got souls catching a brand new Holy Ghost fire and it's happening at the same time. We've got demons and angels warring over this nation. Demons and angels warring over your children and your grandchildren and I'll ask you today, are you in that war with them? Are you engaged in that war fighting for your children and your grandchildren? And I guess the only question that I'll ask us this morning, which side are we going to stand on? What will I be in the end? Where will I be in the end? Are we going to stand on the negative side, hang our head and cry and bellyache and pray for the Lord to get us out of this world? Or are we going to catch the fire of the Holy Ghost, agree with God, agree with one another, start walking in the power and the authority that God designed for us to? And if we will do that, if we'll do that, we'll see the greatest revival that this church has ever seen. These are the last days, ladies and gentlemen. These are the last days. I'm preparing to close. When we, when we lease a track of land uh, for purposes of, of raking pine straw, more often than not, that, that particular track, uh, 
It's not always the case, but most times it's surrounded by a perimeter, whether that perimeter be a fence. And as most of you know, most fences around here have a lot of trees and vines, oak trees, what we call undesirable. Usually that straw on the end is not much good because it's full of leaves and uh, full of sticks and don't nobody want that in their flower beds. So we spend a tremendous amount of time I always tell Chava and Orlando, when you get to the end with that sprayer, don't cut it off. When you turn it around, leave it on. Because we want to do everything we can to kill all that that's on the end, to, to keep the contamination out. Keeping the middle of the trees clean is not really that difficult. They kind of do that themselves. They grow up strong and tall and canopy over and block out the sun. So it doesn't require much, but, but the ends and the sides, Brother Fears, they're, you know, they're, they're hard to keep up. You're constantly fighting weeds and vegetation, and it's a never-ending process. And so over the course and the life of that, that plantation that we'll rake the straw, and when, when that comes to an end, then it's time to log it or to cut the timber. And there's some loggers in the house this morning so they can validate what I'm about to tell you. A lot of times on those ends, those trees, because of the, the competition that they faced with, with all the junk that's on the end, they never was able to grow to their full potential. Is that right, Brother Jack? They'll be spindly. There won't be much top to them. So much so that the loader man will have to shuffle them to the side. They'll get used for something else. They're really of no value Sometimes you can even drive by a plantation after it has been logged and you'll see a little old spindly tree. Has anybody ever seen that that's left out there that the logger couldn't even take because it is no value? And so the point I'm trying to take, make this morning, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I know this is a poor illustration, but it's all I got, is if we stay on the sidelines and the edges, we're going to never amount to nothing. We'll be this spindly little old saint with no roots, no top, and we'll never produce anything that the Lord can use. But if we will jump in the middle, would you stand with me this morning? If we will jump in the middle of the fire, I ask you, are you going to stand on the sidelines? We're in the last days. So where will we be in the end? Are you going to stand in the back corner somewhere and slowly die off? Or will you join me this morning and join the saints of this congregation? Let's get engaged. Let's stay plugged in. Let's do something miraculous for the Lord. He will give us the power to do it. You say, well, Brother Jerry, I'm not a minister. I, I, don't, I don't do well speaking there's so much to do in the kingdom of God. I can't even begin to make a list today. Find a place. Find something. And let's plug in. And let your prayer be, Lord, here I am. Send me. Can we lift our hands this morning? They're going to, they're going to play a closing song. And I open these altars this morning. Or make an altar where you stand. And let's ask the Lord, if you find yourself not feeling where you need to be engaged in the church, let's take the next few minutes and the opportunity to plug into the kingdom of God.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.